Hello, this is uh, on Israel in Al Monitor. I am Ben Kaspi from Tel Aviv. It is difficult to find any major event somewhere uh, on the globe that will not be connected somehow to an Israeli interest, a Jewish angle, etc. This is uh, extremely uh, right when we're talking about the uh, brutal Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine. Israel here is torn between its uh, national security interests and strategic uh, interests uh, that are uh, connected to the heavy Russian military presence in our Northern Front, where uh, we are fighting almost daily or nightly against the Iranian uh, uh, interests uh, within Syria and Lebanon. And on the other hand, the natural place of Israel, that is a part of the Western world, the democratic world, and of course the moral standing of a Jewish state, and that uh, people in Israel should be shocked from the fact that in 2022, it's possible for a superpower just to to swallow a neighboring state without any provocation. Uh, and of course, when we're talking about democratic neighboring state. The recently condemnation of the Russian invasion came very slow, slow, gradual, and uh, it was not easy at all. It began on Tuesday with a very cold and almost neutral Israeli announcement, but then, but then on Wednesday, uh, Foreign Minister Yair Lapid uh, went on, uh, on cameras and on record and uh, uh, stated uh, a condemnation. It was swift, short, but clear. Israel did, Israel did not join uh, the, the many other states in, uh, in uh, representing the condemnation uh, offered to the, to the UN as the Americans insisted. But uh, I think it is uh, almost uh, sure to, to, to assume that Israel will vote for the con condemnation of Russia if and when it comes uh, to a vote in the UN General Assembly. By the, by the way, in uh, 2014, uh, voting on a, a similar condemnation uh, against Russia in the General Assembly, Israel was absent because there was a strike, a general strike in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Uh, and now I guess uh, Yair Lapid and Prime Minister Bennett would like another strike, but there is no strike and uh, Israel will have to decide and the decision will be clear and loud. Uh, Israel will vote for condemning uh, Russia uh, for this uh, action of uh, use of power. The Israeli dilemma is not simple at all, and there is a, a, a public debate in Israel between supporters of uh, not doing anything and sitting on the fence, or even supporting uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, who is uh, declared as the most pro-Jewish and pro-Israeli leader that ever sat in the Kremlin. And I think the majority that sees uh, the Russian action against Ukraine as a brutal use of force and as, a, as an, an act of dictatorship that is trying to destroy democracy. We have a special guest today, and we'll talk with him about the Israeli dilemma, the consequences of the war in Europe on the Israeli-Iranian front, 
and uh, maybe even on the negotiation between the United States and the superpowers and Iran uh, on a, a new or old uh, treaty between uh, the superpowers and Iran about the nuclear uh, Iranian play. Our guest is uh, the former Consul General of Israel in Los Angeles, a sharp and veteran diplomat. He was chief of staff of two foreign affairs ministers in Israel, now in business, Yaki Dayan, Consul General Yaki Dayan, will join us after this short break. I'm Elizabeth Hagedorn, and I'm the State Department correspondent at El Monitor. And I'm Joe Snell. I'm El Monitor's video editor. Let's admit it, this past year has been difficult to stay on top of the news and sift through what's accurate and what's misleading. Let El Monitor help you. If you care about the Middle East and North Africa, you should consider listening to El Monitor's audio series on the Middle East with Andrew Parasoliti and Amber and Zaman, and on Israel with Ben Caspi. You can now watch our newest video podcast, Reading the Middle East with Gilles Capel. You can subscribe to these series on your favorite podcast platforms. And through a host of free daily and weekly newsletters, we offer a range of perspectives with the highest journalistic standards. You can subscribe to these newsletters at almonitor.com. As an award-winning media service headquartered in Washington, D.C., Almonitor has a network of over 160 contributors around the world. So if you haven't done so already, be sure to visit almonitor.com, where you can find all of these newsletters and podcasts along with first-class reporting and analysis. Now it's a privilege uh, to welcome to our show uh, Consul General Yaki Dayan. Hi, Yaki, how are you doing? And thank you for joining us here in uh, On Israel in Al Monitor. Hi, Ben. Always a pleasure talking to you. Okay, now uh, we're recording this uh, podcast on Sunday, and just now it was released that Prime Minister Naftali Bennett was uh, talking to President Vladimir Putin a few uh, minutes ago. They said it was a 40 minutes conversation. Yesterday, as we remember, there was a conversation between Prime Minister Bennett and President Zelensky of Ukraine. And there was a, an appeal by the Ukrainian for us, for Israel, uh, to try and mediate between uh, the Russians and the Ukrainians. Do you believe in such a move? Is, uh, can Israel do something here? Uh, from our position to this uh, gigantic war in Europe? So first, if I have to guess, uh, it's Bennett, Prime Minister Bennett, that initiated the call to Putin. Uh, following, as you said, as you mentioned, the uh, phone conversation with Zelensky. Zelensky is very much interested in having a, a dialogue with the Russians anywhere but Minsk. But Putin is dictating. What he wants to see is basically uh, Zelensky coming to Minsk uh, and not even negotiating. You know, 1,000 years ago, there was the road to Canossa, the walk to Canossa, where um, the emperor came to the Pope uh, waving a white flag. And this is exactly what Putin wants to see now from Zelensky. So um, he's not really regarding or looking into negotiations with Ukraine. He's waiting for the white flag to be waved. Uh, so, and based on that, this is the conversation. Bennett truly believes that he can negotiate because he got the phone call from Zelensky. Zelensky wants to see the negotiations taking place outside of the zones of influence of Russia. 
But nevertheless, saying that Putin, um, I believe, uh, will not accept Bennett's offer because he doesn't want negotiations. He wants the, to see the, the white flag being waved. Okay, so because we started with this conversation, let's go on with the, what, uh, what maybe you call Israel's position and the complexity of this situation. There is a public debate here in Israel between people that say, listen, let's not get involved. Let's sit on the fence. We need Putin. We have the Russian uh, 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 raider and, and air force in our northern front. It's important for us to go on with these uh, with these strikes on the on the Iranian uh, troops in Syria, etc., etc. And there are others that I think you you are among them that say Israel cannot be silent. Israel has to take its position, its moral stand. Israel belongs to the West. This is a dictator that is trying to just swallow. A democratic state and we have to say something do something whatever we can do what what do you think so as you as you mentioned correctly i mean the, the situation for for israel is, is very complex because not only because the russians are in syria basically controlling syria and we need the the freedom for to operate in syria but more than that there is a huge uh jewish community Uh, in Russia, and we doesn't want uh, any uh, backlash or any fire being pointed to the uh, Jewish community in Russia. So uh, no doubt that the uh, situation is extremely complex. And if you look at previous uh, uh, previous events, I wouldn't say it's similar, but but almost as similar as to this one in 2014 in uh, Crimea and uh, in 2018 uh, in Georgia, Uh, um, you saw uh, that Israel kept silent. Uh, and not only that, um, I remember Prime Minister uh, Olmert telling me that in 2008, um, having, uh, having uh, kept silent uh, and not condemning Russia uh, entering uh, uh, Georgia, he got a phone call from President Medvedev uh, saying to him, uh, Uh, thank you for not taking any position against Russia. So people are listening to what even what Israel is saying, because I, I hear voices in Israel saying that, that who cares what Israel is saying and who cares uh, what would be the vote uh, at the UN. But uh, every vote counts both to Russia and to the US. Having said that, I learned in my many years as a diplomat that uh, sometimes you have to take the moral ground. Um, and sometimes there are points in history uh, which uh, there are things that are more and more important than interest. And moral is much more important than interest. And this is exactly such a point because this is not only uh, a war on Ukraine, uh, over Ukraine. This is a war on values on how the 21st century is going to look like, on all the values and the, and the democracy and everything that Israel stands for, represents and believes in. Uh, and this is exactly why we have to uh, uh, be there and stand and condemn the Russian uh, invasion. And having said that, there is even more than that. You know, the, the, the Americans are now waiting for Israel to be in the right place. And, and last, last week, uh, we could have uh, 
uh, and we told basically we told the Americans, listen, we are not going to co-sponsor um, your uh, condemnation on Russia and the uh, and the Security Council because anyhow the Russians are going to veto that. But uh, this week there is going to be a vote in the General Assembly condemning Russia, which no doubt will will pass with a vast majority. And I predict that Israel will join. Uh, other countries and will join the United States in condemning Russia, uh, both because this is the, the right moral thing to do, and also because the Americans are requesting that. And we shouldn't forget at the end of the day that this is not only our greatest and strongest ally, the United States, but it also a country that supports Israel in any international arena and uh, supporting Israel in military aid, more than $3 billion a year. And uh, I can go on and on and on how US is so important and vital for Israel. So eventually we have to, we have to take sides uh, interest-wise, we will pick the United States any day. And here I'm saying that there is a much bigger thing uh, and much more important thing than the interest. And this is the moral thing and the moral issue and history will judge who stood with democracies and with freedom values and who didn't. So I want to follow up on this uh, on Wednesday, if I'm not wrong. Finally, uh, <clears throat> Minister of Foreign Affairs, Diar Lapid, uh, condemned uh, Russia, but it was very short, very thin, uh, not too generous. And that's it until now. Do you think it's enough, assuming that Israel will finally vote with the West in the United uh, in the in the Assembly, the UN Assembly, and and something else, you know, s talking about the, the moral stand or ground, I, I agree. But this time, it's not only uh, the Russian invasion to uh, Georgia or uh, Crimea, but Russians are here. This time, you have an essential uh, security interest in you know when whenever an Israeli F sixteen. He's taking off from the Negev desert. Immediately, he's on the radar, the Russian XS-300 radar, and, and the, the, all the freedom of the Israeli Air Force above Syria is depending on this, on that. Can't we talk to the Americans, you know, and, and tell them, listen, you have, to, you have to understand us. We are in a situation here. Or you say, just stick with, it, with, your, uh, with your moral, and that's it. And you can add to that, uh, and, and I'll, I'll make your question even more difficult, Ben, because you can add to that that the Syrians entered in 2015 Syria because of the American weakness uh, during the Obama period. And you can add to that that the uh, agreement uh, with Iran is, is taking place uh, now, and, and uh, our opinions are uh, extremely contrary to uh, what the US wants uh, now. Uh, but having said that, at the end of the day, uh, the U.S. is our biggest and strongest ally. And, and now we are speaking about real politics, and we are not speaking even about moral. And when the Americans are insisting and demanding and requesting, and when and you know uh, uh, better than anyone else that when the Americans are asking some, something, they expect it to be done. Uh, and now the Americans are standing here and they say, we understand the complexity of the situation for Israel. Nevertheless, we want to see a clear Israeli statement. Having said that, I think that if you combine 
Lapid statement with the fact that Israel is most probably, and, and you know that the security, uh, uh, the security meeting, uh, the cabinet is, is going to take place um, this evening. So it hasn't been decided. But uh, if we predict correctly, and the uh, Israel uh, is going to support the uh, the American uh, uh, condemnation at the UN, I believe that that, together with the humanitarian aid that we will supply uh, um, uh, the Ukraine, plus the fact that we wanted to uh, uh, to uh, be a med or to mediate between the Russians and the uh, and the Ukrainians, I believe that we are on a safe ground here. Uh, no doubt that there will be uh, ricochets, there will be backlash from the, uh, from the Russians um, and they, will be, they, they wouldn't be happy from the Israeli stand. But at the end of the day, we have to pick sides. We are not Switzerland, this is not the UN and we cannot stay neutral here. Uh, it's, it's too long and too much at stake here uh, to stay neutral here. And if we have to take the position, this is exactly the position that we have to take uh, condemning Russia for invading uh, Ukraine. Final question about this issue, the, the Israeli and the Jewish angle. Uh, there is a, another thing, I, I'll call it the Jewish sentiment. You know, looking at this war, of course, that Putin is, this, is the strongest side and he's the dictator, etc. But if we look at it as Jews, and I hear it from people, not many people, but I hear it, the, the Ukrainians have a, a legacy of, a, of a slaughtering Jews all That's over the right. history. And Putin, the, the Red Army, the Soviet Army in uh, World War II was the, were the saviors and the, the, the real force that, that beat the Nazis. And uh, so how can we suddenly look at it in, in, in a different position from a different, a different angle or what you say is ignore history now it's 2022 and the, the, the balance of, of force is very clear and the democratic state is Ukraine etc. Uh, first you're right I mean judging by history Ukraine was not in the right side and, and many many Jews uh, were slaughtered in the uh, in the lands of, the, of Ukraine. But here, I think the issue is, is much broader than the Ukraine. I, I don't think that when we condemn Russia now, we condemn Russia only for invading Ukraine. I think that this uh, fight or this battle is, is much broader than just Ukraine. It's a battle over values uh, between democracies and, and dictatorships. Uh, it, it is a much broader uh, thing than just Ukraine. Uh, so it's taking the right position now, not based on history, but based on current events, and also the fact that this is a much broader issue than just Ukraine. It's a fight over our values, and this is why we have to be on the right side. So this point is <clears throat> very clear now. Let's, let's talk about uh, Vienna. Will the Iran nuclear agreement, uh, the negotiation, in Vienna uh, be affected from this crisis? This is a very good question. Um, um, you know, I believe that the negotiations, although what is happening between Russia and the United States, um, haven't stopped. Uh, people are still negotiating the Iran agreement. I know that people think that this is uh, Kaduk and uh, we won't see any agreement between the Iranians and, and the powers. Uh, but I don't think, I don't believe this is the issue because I believe that the Americans want to take this issue off the table. They want to be extremely focused 
on what is important for them. Nevertheless, if it if if this agreement is for two and a half years, and in two and a half years we Iran will be able to enrich the centrifuges and and all kinds of other things, uh, this is a terrible terrible agreement. Uh, so. Uh, and, and, and there is another element which we should take into consideration now. Um, one of the major tasks of the Americans now is to make sure that the oil production all over the world is being increased. All over the world. I mean, they are pressuring the Saudis now day and night. You can imagine that, that not only on a, a, administration level and ministerial level, but even Biden himself is pressuring the Saudis to make sure that they increase their oil production. He wants to make sure that the prices are going down. And here Iran enters because uh, there is an embargo over the production of uh, some of the oil uh, produced by, by Iran. And the Americans wants to see the Iranians producing more oil again, in order to make sure that the, uh, the, uh, they decrease the price of gasoline in the United States and in the world. And they have a leverage, a bigger leverage now, the Iranians, I mean, they have a bigger leverage now um, negotiating uh, around the table. They see the weakness uh, by the West. They know that their leverage is, is much bigger. So I'm afraid that if the Americans are determined now to take it off the table, meaning to reach an agreement right now with the Iranians, it's going to be a bad agreement uh, for definitely for Israel, but for the entire world. Because I, hear, I heard from the decision makers in our side, <clears throat> something like uh, that in the last few weeks, the Iranians uh, suddenly changed the, their strategy from dragging legs and playing on time and doing nothing. They started pushing very hard towards uh, signing an agreement. And uh, the analysis was that they believe that if uh, President Biden will suffer a heavy loss in Ukraine, he will not be able to suffer another, another demonstration of weakness uh, in Vienna. And maybe the Americans will toughen their stance. Now from you, I understand it's, it's vice versa. I didn't think about the oil thing. And maybe this will balance the, uh, the situation. But in any case, you think the, the agreement will be bad, even worse than we thought, and it will be yeah. signed. I, and I'll, I'll tell you more. I mean, you are right, Ben. I mean, your sources are always good, uh, and your information is always accurate. And, and, and oh, no, you are. And, and, and you are right that the Iranians want to reach an agreement now because they see that it wants to be cleared out of the table. Uh, they see the weakness of the West. They understand that this is a good agreement. They understand that in two and a half years, they, can, uh, they will be able to uh, reoperate their centrifuges. So, so they understand that this is um, a good timing to reach uh, an agreement. And they don't know what will be the outcome of this war. Because maybe the Americans will be weaker, as you say, although the Iranian issue is not a big thing in, in the United States. Uh, Biden will be definitely uh, attacked by the, uh, by the Republicans, but the, uh, it doesn't interest the public opinion, I would say, in the, in the United States. As, it interests, uh, as this war interests the, uh, the public opinion in the United States, and maybe we will reflect how or we'll talk how it's uh, being reflected in the United States. But it's, it's not a major uh, public opinion issue, I mean, the, the Iran agreement, 
in, in, in the United States. So the Iranians want to finish it. And I think that the Americans want to finish it. And it will be, I wouldn't be surprised. I know that everybody is, is uh, waiting for this agreement to be uh, endlessly uh, postponed now because how can the Russians stop with the Americans? But I saw everything in, the in diplomacy. And I can tell you that I wouldn't be surprised if even now in Geneva, negotiations are taking place. It's very interesting. And uh, I, I want to, to summarize with uh, Putin and Biden. First, let's talk about Vladimir Putin. Everyone expected that he will uh, swallow uh, Ukraine within days. And suddenly it is not happening. This, the, the Russian forces are suffering, suffering uh, heavy casualties. The Ukrainians are fighting hard. Can uh, the Ukraine become Putin's grave or at least Putin's new Afghanistan? I don't think Afghanistan. Uh, it very much depends. Um, I don't think that it's, it's too close to home for it to become Afghanistan. Afghanistan was too far away and, and uh, the mud there. I think that the Ukrainians are, are much more similar to the uh, Westerners than to the Afghanis. Uh, and they want to enjoy the quality of life. I don't see a Taliban emerging now in, in the Ukraine. Uh, nevertheless, um, you are right. The longer this war uh, takes, um, the stronger the sanctions will be. Because if we judge by today, there is a very interesting development and, and we should follow that very carefully. There is a major shift by the Europeans. There was, we know now that there was a big difference in intelligence between the Americans and the Europeans. The Americans knew all the time that Putin is going to materialize uh, his wish to invade Ukraine. But the Europeans were very extremely skeptical about that. And uh, when we saw the, uh, um, the, the Israeli ministers saying that nothing is going to happen, they were more based on uh, European intelligence than American intelligence. And also it shows you the weakness of the United States that nobody uh, believes their intelligence even. Uh, but there is a major development now within the Europeans. And I think that Germany is the best uh, example for that. A country that uh, days ago, the only thing that they were willing to do is to supply 5,000 helmets to the Ukrainians, now are willing to waive uh, Nord Stream 2, the gas, the, the pipeline. Uh, they are willing to join the SWIFT sanctions, which, is, which are going to damage enormously Germany. And the, more than that, even to supply missiles and ammunitions to the Ukrainian uh, uh, fighters. Uh, this is a major shift, and it shows you that the Europeans are changing slowly, slowly. And, and if you add to that the fact that um, the uh, the airspace is being closed slowly, slowly in Europe, this is a huge development, and that's why I think that Putin wants to see Zelensky waving the white flag as soon as possible. This is his victory uh, photo, I would say, image. Because if, uh, if he has to conquer Kiev and to kill, God forbid, uh, Zelensky, this is not a victory photo. He will be damaged enormously by, by everyone. This, the notion that something is changing in Europe is slowly, slowly entering the Europeans, slowly, slowly, I'm saying in four days, but they were not prepared to that in advance. 
the, the, the sanctions were not prepared beforehand, and also the, the scope uh, of the sanctions, definitely nobody thought about them. It, it wasn't only Viktor Orban in Hungary that, that was blocking the SWIFT. It was countries like Italy and Germany uh, that uh, were opposing that. And, and my sincere hope, by the way, is also that NATO will understand that this is not only a declarative organization, they have to do more than declarations, but to do operational things on the ground and to move more and more forces. So the more this war is being dragged, I think that the coalition will be bigger and stronger against Putin. It was highly interesting, and I guess uh, the next few days will be interesting as well. Yaki Dayan, uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much for uh, joining us here in, on Israel in Al Monitor. Toda Raba Yaki. We'll go Thank you very short, much for having me. Uh, thanks. A very short break. We'll become right after this with some final thoughts. Wait for us. Hello, I'm uh, Gilles Kepel, professor at uh, Sciences Po and Normal Sup in Paris and author of a number of uh, books and articles on the Middle East. Through my new podcast, Reading the Middle East, on the award-winning media service and monitor, we will take a deep dive into the trends in the region with the authors and thought leaders who are shaping how we think about the Middle East. Reading the Middle East will be a fantastic addition to Al Monitor's outstanding podcast lineup, including On the Middle East with Andrew Paraziliti and Amber Inzaman, and On Israel with Ben Kaspit. You can subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. We look forward to your joining our conversation. for staying with us. Although he is aware to the complexity of the situation, to the fact that Israel is torn between uh, its natural camp in the, in the West with the United States, and on the other hand, the, the strategic uh, security interests in the Northern Front here in, uh, above Syria and Lebanon fighting the Iranians, where Putin is uh, uh, involved as well, but uh, Consul General uh, Yaki Dayan uh, has no doubt, after all this uh, complexity, he says that Israel don't have any other choice but to be uh, loud and clear and not to be mistaken and not leave anything to the benefit of the doubt. It belongs to the free world. It is a member of the democratic West. It will stand by the, the side of the United States of America and support a decision to condemn Russia if it comes to the UN. And uh, right now, when, I were, when I'm closing this podcast, uh, we hear that the, the American administration is disappointed from the fact that uh, Israel was not among uh, the states that, uh, that launched this uh, decision to the US. It preferred to stay outside. But uh, as I heard today from uh, decision makers in Jerusalem, when it will come to a vote, Israel has to vote with the West, with democracy, with freedom, and, uh, and uh, against Russia. The price that uh, the Russians can, uh, can uh, charge us, expensive as it will be, 
uh, is not important enough as uh, the, the, the need for Israel, for the Jewish state, to, uh, to be in the right side of history. And also talking about our interests in, uh, with the United States of America, of course, with all, with all due respect to, uh, to Russia and to the Northern Front, our, our major ally, uh, maybe only ally, is the United States of America. All this is Yaki Dayan's uh, clear standing on this issue. Another important thing he said that uh, he believes that uh, this war and the sanctions will cause a, a sharp rise in oil prices, and this will be something that will uh, maybe faster the, the, the race to sign the, the nuclear agreement between uh, uh, the, the superpowers and Iran. President Biden wants uh, this out of his table. He wants to clear uh, this problem uh, and he wants to, to ease the tension on the oil prices that will cause sanctions uh, on Russia. And uh, a very unique way is uh, letting Iran uh, sell oil again and maybe easing the tension. So uh, this is not a very good news to Israel, but this is the situation and we are used to it. I hope you found it interesting and I will find you here hopefully next week, the same place and the same time on Israeli Alarm. I'm Monitor, I'm Tel Aviv. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.